Good evening, everyone. Thanks for all coming in uh, at the same time. Uh, this is Gretchen coming to you from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, subbing in for Pastors Vicki and Phil that are on a little bit of a sabbatical this week. And so I do have everyone in Q&A mode. That means you're still private. Uh, no one can hear you in the background. However, I'd love to know that you're here. If you'd like to say hi and let us know uh, what state you live in, that would be great. You can do that by hitting your star six key to be heard uh, if you like. So if I can't hear you, it's because you're muted out. And again, uh, no obligation. Give you just another minute, and uh, if no one wants to say anything, I'll just get us started. <clears throat> hey, Chris, this is Queen from Pennsylvania. I'm here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Blessed and highly favored. Thanks for saying hi. Thanks for having me. Okay, so um, thank you very much for saying something and for showing up. So I guess I will um, go ahead and just get us started. So if you can just hang on there, I'm going to um, get us in presentation mode and get started. Am I too late, Gretchen? Am I too late, Gretchen? Oh, there you are. Hi, Mitch. How are you? Hey, sis. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just getting on too then. Okay, sis. I'll mute out real quick. Thank you. Oh, well, yeah. Thank you so much for saying hi. Okay, sis. Thank you. Thank you for being there for us too then. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. It's great. Welcome, everyone, to Freedom's Way Ministries. This is Gretchen coming to you from Pennsylvania. Again, Freedom's Way is a nonprofit ministry that are that is dedicated to helping you recover yourself from the snare of the fowler, from the devil who uh, loves to take us captive and use us for his will, which is not the will of God as I know him. And so we help you discern spiritual roots to disease, doctrines of the faith, and uh, more. So thank you again. I'll just open us in some prayer. Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name. I thank you and praise you for your word. I ask, Lord, that you would uh, send it forth and... I mix it with my faith in you that works by love in the mighty name of Jesus. So we're continuing on our study of the doctrines of Christ found in Hebrews chapter 6. And tonight we will finish up with the second of these doctrines, which is faith towards God. Now last week, Vicki and Phil told us that everyone believes something and that we were and are created to believe. And we look at how hope is essential to faith and how we must have a target to which we can direct our faith. The doctrine is not faith, but faith towards God Having the right God to believe in can be tricky in today's world of confusion and chaos, especially in the light of the fact that many times 
what God is speaking seems totally contrary to what we think should happen. Understanding these doctrines will help us be assured that we know the real Jesus and that we're not taken in by a substitute. Knowing the word of God in view of these doctrines will help us be assured that we are hearing the true Holy Spirit and not a counterfeit that seems to make a lot of sense to us at times. Let's all keep in mind that God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Here is our study text. Hebrews 6, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of the laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Hebrews 6, 1 to 3. So there's really two thoughts in this second um, part, this faith. There is faith and faith towards God. We explained the biblical definition of faith and made a few points about faith one of which is that Jesus likens faith to a servant. So if you missed that, um, just ask for the playback information. I actually have it, so you can listen and catch up. Uh, It's time, but now it's time to go on a little more about this thing called faith and how it connects us to eternal things. So primary to our understanding of this doctrine is that the main purpose of faith is to please God. That's right. Knowing it's impossible to please God without faith drives that point home with a big hammer. Do you really want to please God? If your answer is yes, then how do you do that? Well, you do it by and through faith. This means that when everything around you looks like what you're believing for is not going to happen, and you're standing there believing God anyway, he smiles over you. You have just brought the Lord great pleasure and delight in his heart. He notices your faith towards him, and he likes what he sees going on in you. Many people like to use their faith for their own gain, but just because we name it and claim it, or blab it and grab it, does not mean our faith is pleasing to God. Concerning faith, some have considered that gaining the thing they claimed in and of itself is godliness. They say that if you didn't get whatever it was you were naming and claiming, then your faith was somehow lacking. Uh, Yeah, this is a testimony actually in my generation's... um, Someone in my mom's side several generations back uh, was born blind and um, she apparently didn't have enough faith to be healed. 
in that and was so distraught um, by all the condemnation about her such little face that she ended up committing suicide over it. And uh, I don't think that's God's heart. But uh, from such, Paul told Timothy to turn away. Perverse disputing of men of corrupt minds and dispute of destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw yourself. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drowned men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, man of God, flee these things and follow after Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. First Timothy six five through eleven. Faith wasn't given to please you; it was given to please God. Interestingly enough, when God is pleased. You are also pleased, but don't ever get it backward. The whole purpose for faith is to please God. God has given you a message, excuse me, has God given you a message to share with others? Let me assure you, if the message you're bringing doesn't work in every nation of the world, in every ethnic level, every social strata, then the message you're preaching is not the gospel. There are many examples in Scripture of how our faith, aside from the understanding of Christ, can carry us away into a purpose outside of God's purpose. Acts 15, starting in verse 23. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us, have troubled you with words, subverting your soul, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent, therefore, Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these things, that you abstain from meats offered idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication, from which if you keep yourselves, you shall do well, fare you well. 
Again, Acts 15, verses 23 through 29. So like these men, sometimes in our zeal, we issue wrong or incomplete information. There are those who went and those who are sent. Many times, those who just went may carry a wrong message that can be troubling and even off-putting to people. Those sent will carry a message that seems good to the Holy Spirit and to leaders in the body of Christ. This is the word that will be received in every part of the world. The principles of faith are true, And even in third world countries, people can prosper according to their faith. But again, it's not about outward stuff. It's about relationship with God. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. When our faith is God-centered, all the earthly things we need are provided. We're living for a greater place in the eternal picture, but we can have a taste of it now. We're assured in God's word that he will feed and clothe us. For it is written, no man can serve two masters, For he either will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls in the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? O you of a little faith, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things." But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and 
all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Matthew 6, verses 24 to 34. And again, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Psalm 37 4 and 5. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I have been old and now am young. Excuse me, I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Psalm 37, 24, and 25. We should all give thanks every day and enjoy those things which God has freely given us. We should also never forget that in the midst of all God's many blessings, riches make themselves wings and fly away. There's all kinds of potential snares and riches. And wealth can take us into those hurtful and deceitful lusts that we saw earlier in the Word. That doesn't mean you can't master wealth and enjoy it and use it to the glory of God. Just be mindful that riches have a tendency to draw our confidence into our bank accounts or possessions as opposed to directing our faith toward God. Walking by faith is the number one thing we can do to please God. Enoch is our example of walking with God. I mean, his whole confession is the whole truth about pleasing God. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 360 and five years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. Genesis five, twenty-two, twenty-four. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Hebrews 11, verse 5. Enoch walked with God. And if you're going to walk with God, you're going to do it by faith. God will meet us where we are, but keep in mind that his stride is a lot bigger than yours. To walk with God, we must learn to take big steps because we will surely be stretched. He meets us where we are, but it's always to take us someplace else. And in his wisdom, God may allow things that we think he should have prevented. He creates from the adversities and pains of our lives a people who will walk with him in this thing called faith. This is the kind of faith which pleases God. 
God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that tells me two things. First of all, if we have no need, we have no need to seek God, and we probably won't. Second, there is a reward available when we do seek God, worshiping him in the hard times as well as being grateful towards him and worshiping him in the good times. That's the kind of faith. It's not about just this kind of faith is not just what got you saved. It's also that which perfects you as you walk with God. So let's all make the choice to allow God to stretch our faith without complaining and whining. The last topic to touch on regarding faith is that subject of faith and works. At some point in your Christian walk, you're going to come in contact with different religions and even people in the body of Christ who attach works to faith for salvation's sake. A good example is Jehovah Witnesses. And this group really is made of well-meaning people who say they believe in Jesus, but a foundational doctrine of Jehovah Witnesses basically say you get to heaven by good works. Those kids on bicycles going through neighborhoods in fresh white shirts and neckties are there because they think they're working their way to heaven. And Catholics also believe in works. The works of the church as as necessary for entry through the early gates. Mormons as well, very performance-oriented. Their beliefs include you becoming a god and getting your own planet on which to create people. All these religions claim Jesus, but theirs is a Jesus and religion. Jesus and my good works. Jesus and my sacraments. Jesus and Mary. And my rituals. We definitely don't want to get into all the cults and false religions out there, but just make you aware once and again that everyone who says Jesus to you does not necessarily have the real, true, living God. Counterfeits have been around since the beginning. Satan cannot create. He can only imitate. He counterfeits the Holy Spirit and Jesus in order to draw God's people into deception, which will keep them from fulfilling their destiny in God and God's purpose in them. Good works is a mainstay in Satan's counterfeiting operation. It's important for us to understand what faith and works mean together and how they're related to each other. <laughs> James two fourteen to 26. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute, of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, notwithstanding you give them not the things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, if it has not works, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Yes, a man may say, you have faith, 
and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God. You do well. The devils also believe and tremble. But will you know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Do you see how faith wrought with his works and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way for as the body without the spirit is dead so faith without works is dead also James 2 verses 14 to 26 some denominations and religions use these scriptures to say that we have to have good work to go to heaven. But what James unveiled through this passage is that true faith is always expressed in work. Real biblical faith has the fruit of good works attached to it. But good works does not necessarily have biblical faith attached to it. You cannot have biblical faith without works following after it because biblical faith always has some kind of work. It has a fruit, not a cause manifested in a person's life. However, just because you have an outward work doesn't mean you have biblical faith. That's not how you define it. One can exist without the other, and one cannot. You can have good works and still have no faith or trust in God. But you cannot have trust in God without the fruit of good works that result from it and follow after your faith. Once your faith is pointed in the right direction, pointed toward God, and you begin to rely only on God, then you've allowed God to be on the throne of your heart. You're not sitting there anymore. When God gets on the throne, God is good and wants to do good things. He begins to live and express himself through you. And as we've already seen, our good works will never be a way to earn God's favor. Good works are a sign that we have God's favor and that his love is shed abroad in our hearts. When you are doing good works and trusting in them to get you to heaven, that's not faith towards God, that's faith towards you and in your own works. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of that 
great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Titus 2, 11 through 14. And again, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10. Now, we were created for good works, and God ordained that we should do good works, but good works won't save us. Our works are evident because we are saved, but are not saved because of our works. And this also answers the question why so many of these performance-based religions and doctrines stir in the emotions of those under their bondage. Am I really saved? I still mess up. When you know that you don't go to heaven by anything you can do, then you also realize that you can't go to hell that way either. If nothing you can do can take you to heaven, then nothing you can do can take you to hell. It is strictly and only what Jesus did. The life that we who are born again now live in the flesh, we live in the face of the Son of God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, and yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Galatians 2, 20, 21. You know, it's actually Jesus who's moved into you, and he begins to express himself through you, doing good works with the idea of getting into heaven destroys both grace and faith. You know, it's by grace or it's by works, but it can't be by both. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And that's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. You know, you're saved by what Jesus did. And your faith and confidence and trust in what he did. Nothing else. There's nothing else attached to it. When you repent and believe, Jesus becomes a reality inside of you and there will be a change in the way you live. You know, it's, it isn't a change that comes through religious bondage and harsh oversight so that you're continually trying, trying, trying to be good and do good. 
The change comes from the inside out, not from the outside in. Those who live under a mindset and doctrine of works by me and not grace by faith are forever tormented. They have no peace and are never sure of their salvation. You know, you'll either believe God for your salvation or you won't. The Bible says it's what he did for you, and you decide whether or not to believe it. It's your choice. Choose you this day, life or death, blessing or cursing. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your seed may live. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. When you turn your faith toward God, the fruit of that is righteousness or right standing with God. The fruit of good works being performed through you naturally flows out of your position in Christ as a fruit of your faith, not the cause of it. Out of righteousness, your position of right standing with God comes peace and joy. You are now experiencing the kingdom of God, which the Bible defines as righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If you do not have the righteousness of Jesus Christ dwelling in your heart, you will have no lasting peace or joy. There may be moments of happiness and gladness of joy occasionally, but you will know there is a void and emptiness within you. Never forget that God is looking for a people of faith towards him. Luke 18.8 tells us, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Faith is in just about every realm of your life. Its obvious and most important function is that of your salvation. It doesn't matter if you've got a nice-looking boat. If it's sinking, what difference does it make if you just waxed it? Then, after you're saved, the Bible tells us we walk by faith. The just shall live by faith. That makes faith a present tense ministry and function of our Christian life. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Habakkuk 2, 4. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident for the just shall live by faith. Galatians three eleven. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, My soul shall have no pleasure in him. Hebrews 10.38 So really, faith is about walking together with God and having a relationship together. You weren't saved just to escape hell. You were saved to engage in an eternal relationship with your loving Father. Decide tonight not to draw back. 
So what have we learned about the doctrine of faith towards God? We've learned that faith is substance, that it is real. We've learned that faith is a confidence in God's ability and that he will perform what he said. So its foundation is the word of God. Faith allows us to move into the spirit realm and transcend natural circumstances. We've learned that faith is not for us to get stuff. Its purpose is to please God. We learned that faith has vision and it's important in our walk with God. And last we we learned that good works do not produce or demonstrate biblical faith, but that biblical faith produces the fruit of good works. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I just thank you and praise you. You've given us all the measure of faith, the faith of Christ, that that faith grows as a mustard seed. And uh, Lord, I just come against all doubt, all unbelief, all double-mindedness, all evil eyes, anything, Lord, that would separate you from your people. I speak to it. I command it to go. I command Satan, take his hands off of God's people. You're in the way. Come up and come out of them. And I just impart freedom to operate in the spirit by faith that works through love. In the mighty name of Yeshua Messiah, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, folks, so that's it for our teaching tonight. I'm going to go ahead and clear the lines. If you have a testimony, a praise report, uh, something that you think uh, would be helpful, go ahead and hit your star six. You'll be able to do that in just one minute. Give me a sec. All right, wonderful. Okay, Q&A mode is on. If anyone would like to come on, you can be heard now. Well, Gretchen, that was just wave after wave of just blessing. It just flowed. Just praying, Father God, let it massage deep into our souls and last for a long time. Amen. Thank you, King Richard. Yeah, thank you. It is true. I'm learning. The more I'm learning that I can't do anything, the more easily it is to have faith towards him. So I got to say the the walkout of legalism and, you know, conditional love, that's a hard walkout for me, but... um, I don't know. I guess I'm learning it as I go. It seems a little easier right now, but, but you know, things are good for me right now, too. So, you know, it's, uh, right. So it, I guess it's just sometimes it's holding on and sometimes it's going for the ride. But uh, thank you very much. <laughs> you know, we get to see your face in action uh, just as easily. So, um <laughs> Well, I just know I needed that, and it really flowed tonight. And, um, wow, that was like medicine. <laughs> it was like the bomb of Gilead. So I'm glad you're experiencing it and teaching it, and I'm uh, I'm applying <laughs> the bomb tonight, <laughs> the ointment. <laughs> yep. Okay, does anyone else have? Have something they'd like to share tonight. Thank you, Gretchen. Every word, goodness. 
wonderful tonight. Thank you, my dear friend. Mm-hmm. That was wonderful. Thank you. I have a lot of practice reading the word. <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone. Well, um, thank you again. Does anyone know the uh, the Shema? Not the um, the ironic blessing. Let me see. We have to have that. Numbers. Is it six? I think I can sing it from the river on the roof. Okay. Go ahead. I can't do it in Hebrew. That'd be awesome. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace and give you peace and give you peace forever. The Lord Turn his face toward you. The Lord. (laughs) The Lord. That is. Anyhow. And give you peace. (laughs) And give you peace. Lord. Bless you and keep you. Yeah, something like that. Well, I got part of it. (laughs) Yes, you did. I found it. It is number six. Um, verses 23 to 27. He said, Speak to Aaron and to his sons on this wise, you shall bless the children of Israel, saying to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord Lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay, well... Sweet sleep. I'm going berry picking real early tomorrow. So I'll talk to you all Monday morning at 7.15. Love, love, love you. Till then. Love you, Gretchen. Good night. Bye. God bless.